0: morning, good evening, wherever you're watching around the world. Welcome to another episode of Soren Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Pina, and today, things have changed just for today, uh, as we have my co-host from Noble Sports Guy Podcast, Braden Toro, who's filling in for Braden Wilson, who's right now in his honeymoon, who just got married this past week, and... One thing I told him was to don't even worry about the podcast, go have fun, we'll take care of it. So uh, this is going to be a great episode, but to start out,
1: how are you, Brayden? You know, I'm living the dream. Uh, (laughs) Another day in paradise. Golden Knights are uh, kicking some butt. I know uh, I I made the mistake a couple weeks (laughs) ago. Taking that jab at Braden, and ever since then, the ABS have been in first place. So, I'm hoping I can appease who's ever in charge of winning games, <laughs> and hopefully, the Knights can take back <laughs> oh, that first happens. place.
0: That's <laughs> part of the game. So, like, it's that's how it works. And and really, as we're, as long as we're both living the dream, that's all that matters.
1: And and
0: really, just we just go kick butt. That's all. That's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, you're right. How are you doing, Alan?
0: Oh, I've been pretty good. Um, it's been raining pretty much all day. Um, it's basically C- Seattle, Texas, pretty much. <laughs> and, and really, um, I know we're talking hockey in a bit, but last night watching the Celtics and Lakers play, and really, I almost had a heart attack.
1: Oh, I bet. It was a good
0: I game. Had a, I almost had a heart attack. I was just like... If we were to lose this game, I probably would have been like, let's move it. Because I was just not going to have a 27 – watch a 27-point lead and lose it. But, hey, it's all good. We're talking hockey and and a lot of stuff that's going to be happening that will impact the se- the NHL season.
1: I know. We're coming down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. There's only a couple games left. I. Right. Like, I know in our Facebook group chat, I was talking to Braden. Uh, I honestly think the Pacific is going to be decided between the last two games between the Golden Knights and the Avs. Because okay. right now, they're neck and neck. And they the Avs actually have the same amount of losses as the Golden Knights. But they have a couple overtime losses. And, you know, that gives them a point. Yeah. So, that's why they're up four <laughs> points to us. So, I'm hoping we can uh, pull it out. And we've been playing – I I will give Braden credit. The Avs have been playing some amazing hockey. They rightfully so, they should be the number one team in the NHL right now, but Golden Knights have been arguably just as good. So,
0: okay, we'll see.
1: We'll talk about that. (laughs) A lot of trades that have been made, several of them, um, they have to
0: be creative because just because of the cap situation, that it's not just affected the NHL, it's affected pretty much all sports, no matter no matter where. So it's just creativity has come into light. So where
1: do you want to start? Uh, well, I can tell you the Golden Knights did actually make a trade. That was, in my opinion, it. it watching their game, they played Wednesday. They play again tonight. Okay. Their trade has already paid off, I felt like. Uh, they traded with the Blackhawks. Um, they traded a couple of... Uh, draft picks I'm looking right here it actually said they updated it it was a three team deal it was the Knights the Sharks and the Blackhawks I'm surprised the Knights traded to the Sharks just because of the rivalry there but you know Mm -hmm. and it says right here the Golden Knights acquired Madness J Mark uh, defensive men Nick deselmi and a fifth round pick in the twenty twenty two draft from mm-hmm. the Blackhawks and the Sharks in exchange for a second round pick in the twenty one draft and a third round pick in the twenty two draft. San Jose received a fifth round pick in the twenty two draft. So uh watching the game on Wednesday, Jamarc actually stepped up and I think he had an assist or a goal I can't remember, but the Golden Knights put a spanking on the kings it was six to two and it already paid off. I knew the Knights needed to make a trade just because they're a little bit injury-prone right now, yeah. as were the ABS, as a lot of teams are right now. I, I kind of think it's the same thing as with the NFL. You saw all these players go down that normally you wouldn't see go down, and I think it's the same thing because there was no preseason or there was a very small preseason because people often bag on the preseason like it's this horrible thing, but that actually prepares players to get in shape for the real game, the real scenarios. So mm-hmm. that was the first trade that really stood out because I get a notification on ESPN when anything Golden Knights happens because yeah. obviously they're my team. So what about you? What was something that stood out to you? All right.
0: I want to ask about sticking with the Golden Knights. Uh, what What is their goal? Though their goalie status, because last time I heard Marc Andre Fleury was been injured, is he back or and and if so, yeah, what's the deal with that?
1: So it was actually Leonard that got hurt, Leonard was hurt for like a month, and that actually seemed it's always a good problem to have two top tier goalies, and Mm -hmm. unfortunately, our coach has leaned on Leonard a little bit more. And this isn't a dig at Leonard. I think he's a great goalie. I don't think he's our number one goalie. I would still go with Flurry because Flurry makes amazing stops because he's a skinny, lean guy. Where Leonard, his nickname is Panda. He's a big, big, heavy dude. So it's he doesn't move as quickly. So for a while there, Flurry, for like a straight month, was starting every game. And then that's kind of when we started losing games just because he didn't have much of a rest. And we haven't really had any other goalkeepers, but now that Leonard is back in the lineup, uh, they rotate. So it should be Flurry tonight in the net. I think we're playing, uh, we're playing the Ducks tonight, I believe, in Anaheim. So we'll see how that goes. But Flurry should be in the net, and like it, it it's been fun to watch. Like last season, it, it's always a good problem to have two great goalies. A lot of teams struggle to have one good goalie. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Flurry actually no, Flurry is off tonight. I forgot he played last game. He picked up his four hundred and eighty-fifth win,
0: wow. making him
1: the fourth all-time winner on the list. He's close to number three. So an amazing career. I I think I would like to think Flurry retires with the Knights, but I don't know how much he has left in the tank. He's 36 and kind of on the downfall of his career. So we'll see. Oh,
0: okay, good question. Because that that's a good answer. Because I was just thinking like, like they get – because I heard the injuries they had on the goalkeeping position. I was like, they better make a trade on the deadline for a goalkeeper. So I was like, I don't know if they were going to address it. So that's why I asked because I was following it for several weeks. So, but that's good to know that they're now back healthy, that good to go. I thought they should have made a trade for a goalkeeper, but at least getting defensemen, um, you can't have enough defensemen. You you got to have them. So I think this is pretty good what they did so far.
1: Yeah, I think that was really the only trade they made just because they're pretty solid they just needed like one or two more pieces in their lineup. And it looks like they got that with the forward and a defensive men. So we'll see how it pays off that Wednesday was their first game on the team. So hopefully they can uh, continue that Golden Knights chip on their shoulder play. So we'll see. Yeah, that's good. I know
0: you asked me a question. What trade stood out to me? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you the trade that really stood out to me. And this happened before. The trade deadline, and it involves the New York Islanders getting not one, but two important forwards from the New Jersey Devils. And I'm, I'm trying to remember. I know one of them is Paul Murray, who they got, and the other guy's name. Ah, oh, what is it? Let's see, it's
1: Paul Murray it <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. It's Palmieri. See, a lot of names you have to keep up with. Um, uh,
1: Palmieri and Z- Zadrick. Z-A-J-A-C. Oh, Zadrick. Okay, those
0: two that they got from, from from the Devils. Pretty much what the New York Islanders seized last season were. They were close of making it to the Stanley Cup finals, which surprised a lot of people. I think they're not going to sneak up on anybody. They're they're coming in with the doors open. They're, they want to really show that we're going for a championship. And if you look on the Eastern division, it's actually one of the toughest divisions. And what the Islanders did, they got themselves stronger. They got themselves better. So I would say, I think I'm ready to say pretty much um, we're going to have a finalist coming out of that division. And I think the Islanders will will this time get over the hump to to be in the Stanley Cup Finals,
1: that's just. I could see that as well. Yeah, and I, I think the other division that's really I know I said Pacific because that's normally what it is, but the West too with the Abs and Golden Knights, I think one of those two teams is going to make the finals just because they're both really hot right now. Another team that surprised me is the Panthers. <laughs> uh, they're they've kind of been the armpit team of the NHL, and they're. Yeah. They're in third place right now with uh 59 points. They're only a point back from the Lightning and Hurricanes, so it, it surprised me. So
0: yeah, I do agree with that. Like with the Islanders, like they, like I mentioned, like they they want to prove that what happened last year, where they they sneaked into the playoffs and made that run. It's no joke. So really, like they they made this trade to show, hey. Because they lost another forward for the season. And it was like, okay, we need to make something happen to get two forwards for basically nothing. It's just... Yeah, just wow. draft picks. Yeah, draft picks, just draft picks and not giving up anybody. It's just, wow, like that pretty much shows like, like ever since new ownership changed, it's just proving that the Islanders there, they want to keep the ball rolling and get back to to contention again. So this is their opportunity like to do it. And I just think like that division of the east with the Islanders still in first place, they're only going to get stronger. And and that's and that's why I believe we're going to have someone come out of out of that division in the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's a race. I've got the standings for each of the divisions. Mm-hmm. And the Capitals are in first place right now, but they've only they've played an extra game. But essentially, the stat line is the same. The Capitals have 28 wins, 12 losses, and four overtime losses. The Islanders have 27 wins, 12 losses, and four overtime losses. So it's going to be neck and neck. And I, I'm looking at all four of the divisions, like the top two teams, it could go either way, and then everything else is like a question mark. Like with the West, you can tell the Avs and the Golden Knights have kind of secured that top two positions. Yeah. Capitals and Islanders the same way. The North division has really surprised me, too, with how good all the Canadian teams are playing. Maybe this will be the year that a Canada team brings back the Stanley Cup because I know it's been it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. And, but it is, it is the Maple Leafs in first place, and I've been told that the Maple Leafs tend to choke in the playoffs. I don't know how true that is. I don't follow much of – unless they're playing the Golden Knights consistently, I'm not – I don't follow them as much, so mm-hmm.
0: – yeah, like I I do agree with that. I just looked at the, the at the division as well. Like it's just gonna get crazier. So really, this that, that's why this trade that they made is important. And and we'll see, we'll see what the Islanders do. But you mentioned that yes, I they they will se- secure one of the top two spots, and I, they're just gonna solidify themselves to compete with the Capitals and. And pretty much that division, um, you better start stepping it up because this is like you cannot take a break one bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, with most of the divisions, especially like the central division, it it's actually a three-horse race for first place. The Hurricanes have 60 points, the Lightning's have 60 points, and the Panthers have 59 points. And then fourth place, the Predators have 49 points. So fourth place in that division is a toss-up. The top three are secured, I would say, um, but yeah. it's going to see who comes out top because they're neck and neck. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting finish. And there was a lot of, even the abs made quite a few trades. And I think it benefited them greatly. I've been keeping up with the abs minus Wednesday's game. They've just been slaughtering everyone. They almost yeah. blew a four to one lead on Wednesday to the blues. So I mean, the Blues aren't a horrible team. They're just not the Stanley Cup final winners that they were a couple years ago. Yeah, and obviously the
0: Abs you mentioned, um, a lot of the the trades that they made was basically they needed depth pretty much because come playoff time, like I think that's what got the avalanche at the end was they couldn't keep – their depth could not keep up and it it cost them pretty much. So this year they made those moves – to solidify the death problems that they had last year. And you like you mentioned, they're, they're rolling, and I understand why the Avalanche are picked as the hands-on favorite to win it and left the Stanley Cup again. So uh, I truly do understand that. I know Braden is in his honeymoon phase, so I understand why they, they are the favorites, but we'll see what, what the Avalanche will do. I think they have to prove to, to all of us that that they're for real, that they are not just a regular season team that will just dominate it all and come playoff time, they're, they're not going to perform. So they have to prove that they can perform in the playoffs, in the moments where it's going to get intense and where you have to use pretty much all your players. So this is what they so they solved it. Now they're going to have to go and prove it.
1: Yeah. And like you said, the playoffs, it, it's minus football. I think every other sport that has playoffs, baseball, basketball, hockey, when the playoffs start, people just assume, oh, the top first place team is the favorite, blah, 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 blah. They don't uh-huh. give the lower teams credit. Look at recent college basketball playoffs. How many (laughs) – March Madness, how many lower bracket teams went far? UCLA went to the Final Four. Granted, I think they were misseeded. They should have been seeded higher. Yeah. A little bit of disrespect. And I understand why they played so well. Yeah. But the same thing with the playoffs. A couple years ago, the Lightning – it wasn't last year. I believe it was the year before the Lightning were the President Cup champions, had the most points and got swept in the first round. People just in the regular season are in the playoffs. That's not the case. Playoffs is a different horse and a different piece yeah. in itself. They're like the Dallas Stars. They surprised everyone last season. They were not the favorite to win the West, but they did. They beat us in the, in the final or in the conference finals. And I, I may get a little bit of flack for this until the Avs perform in the playoffs. It, it's a toss up for me because last year they imploded as well. Yeah, I do agree. I do with the Avalanche.
0: They they have to prove that you're not getting slack for me. It's just the truth. Like if if there's Avalanche fans that think, oh, like that's not true. Well, it is true in your recent history. Like this is what you need to do. You got to perform in the playoffs, and that's why the Islanders are making moves. The Avalanche are making moves. Even the Golden Knights. And I think you're gonna love this, Braden. I actually have them lifting the Stanley Cup. I do. I just do believe they're gonna get it this time. They know they've been there and they're gonna figure it out. But yeah, you have to perform well in the playoffs. And I think these moves that these teams have made, like from the Avalanche to the Islanders, they wanna be like, we want, we're want. here to win it. And what happened last year happened last year. And we're gonna prove that we're no joke at all.
1: Sorry, I got a little intruder right now. <laughs> I'm listening. She's just she I bought her flowers because her birthday is tomorrow, and she decided yeah, oh, to take each awesome. of the stems and snap them. And she's like handing me the stems. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't really want the stems. I'll take the flower part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You're, you're absolutely correct. And I really hope the Golden Knights can lift it. I think it helps that as of May 1st. This is what my wife told me. So the state of Nevada is as of June 1st, the whole entire state is going back to hundred percent capacity to everything. May 1st, each County is given the choice when they want to go back to hundred percent capacity. Uh-huh. Our mayor in Clark County hates our governor. It's been since the pandemic has started, yeah. they've clashed heads the whole yeah. entire time. I don't like our mayor she she's not the brightest one her husband was awesome but she's been saying from day 1 why are we closing the casinos why are we doing this like you're basically ruining us so i i would it, i think it's safe to assume that come may 1st we're having 100% capacity back and T-Mobile Arena it's already at 50% capacity Ooh, and uh-huh. watching the games in the T-Mobile Arena people tend to forget that that fans play a huge part in how well a team performs. The bubble was horrible. I I couldn't even imagine playing in the bubble, like good on those players. It took a mental toll. They couldn't see their family. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. So as long as they don't have another bubble situation, which I think all teams really have been stepping up their game to not have COVID cases, That's going to play a factor, too. I I don't know if Colorado is actually allowed fans, but I want to say yes, because working at Walmart, I have this like they had gave us a website for discounts. Mm -hmm. And one of the discounts is NHL tickets. And they had tickets that were reduced on my site for the Avalanche games. So I think that's going to help these moves that teams are making are going to help. The sharks, on um, I, 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 always bag on the sharks every chance I get. I don't like them. I think their fan base is atrocious. I'm sorry if you're a sharks fan, Alan. I don't know who your team is.
0: Well, I'm a Penguins fan.
1: Okay, I'm not. I'm not insulting you. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, Penguins. <laughs> they're, they're, they're Their fan base is trash. To answer
0: your question, um, the the Avalanche are they basically have fans. They have around uh, four thousand fifty fans as of right okay. now. So um, there, it's all, and you, and it probably will take time before Colorado goes into 100% capacity. But uh, I think that will happen in a, in a few months just because um, they, um, Colorado is one of the states that is at least trying to get back things to normal. So um, they'll, they'll, that will happen in, in, in no time. Just give it a few months. But it's going to happen for sure
1: yeah I, if it doesn't happen this time around, I know most NFL teams are saying they expect 100 percent capacity in the fall, so it's looking like it's coming to an end, and I think this is the time for these little teams to make moves because it, it, it benefits these little squads like even I think it'll benefit the Seattle Krakens when they play next season. That, yeah. So we'll yeah, see that true. Yeah, looking the sharks made quite a few trades, but it looked like they're just trying to get rid of everyone and start out and rebuild. Cause... Rebuilding,
0: I have truly seen that, and that's good. Like at least, at least the sharks they know where they want to go because there's been several years where they're like, no, we're, we're not rebuilding, and and they get upset pretty much in the playoffs every year. So I think them saying, let's start from scratch, let's let's stockpile and develop. Then it's like okay, it's gonna take time and to get back to to where they were because there were several times where the sharks they could have they could have basically played in the Stanley Cup final, but they just pretty much choked out. So I think it was time, and and that was I know it's a tough decision saying rebuilding, but in reality, like you have to do things that are not. Not popular, but in the long run, it will be worth it.
1: Yeah. Uh, to kind of give you a reference, like the Sharks, not even two years ago. Two years ago, I, I sent you guys that picture of my wife and I going to the hospital, getting ready for baby number one Penelope. Uh-huh. And the Golden Knights and the Sharks are playing in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I may get some flack from some of the women, but the day before the Knights were playing. So I had the game playing on my laptop while my wife was chilling in the uh, ho- 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 hospital bed. The so, hospital bed, uh-huh. <laughs> And that's when the Golden Knights kind of imploded in the playoffs because every team has them. We were up 3-1 on the Knights or on the Sharks and we lost in game seven. That's still a controversial call in my opinion. But it just two years ago, they were a competing team. And then last year they imploded. This year... All three of the California teams I'm scratching my head. I, I don't understand what's going on with them. The Ducks, the Kings, the Sharks are all just scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like you guys were all powerhouses just not 5 years ago, 3 years ago. What are you guys doing? Like I don't I don't understand. Yeah. And some of the trades just have me scratching my head like you guys should be trying to keep up with the Avs, the Golden Knights, the Wild those are the teams that they should be keeping up with, and they're not really. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know
0: what's in, in their in the heads of these GMs, but but hey, maybe they have some an ace in the hole. But we'll see. I think that's just that's just something that that's why we're not GMs. We're just sports.
1: We're uh, couch GMs.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's a better term. yeah. we're couch GMs. So um, we'll see what happens um, if. If they do ended up succeeding, and, and it was because they made these trades, then okay, that's why, that's why, the organization pays you to build this team and and really just go with it. But but absolutely, yeah. like it's just um, unbelievable seeing this. Who do you think uh, should have made a trade that would have impacted their fortunes?
1: As someone who should have made a trade that impacted their fortunes is probably the Predators. I think the Predators, they're not a bad team. They've got solid players. They just need a little bit more chemistry. And they're barely by the grit of their teeth holding on to that fourth spot in the Central Division. So I think they could have made a couple of trades for maybe some forwards. And P.K. Sutton's not their goalie anymore, I think. I think he retired or he got cut or traded. I don't know. But that was a mistake, P.K. Sutton was or he's not even a goalie I'm thinking of his brother Malcolm Sutton who was the Golden Knights goalie but PK was a stellar player and when they got rid of him that was a mistake I felt like he's one of those players that impacts the game he's like a Sidney Crosby that's someone you can build a team around and I don't know I think they could have made some moves especially being 10 points away from third place like you guys are in the playoff race. You should be doing something to maintain that playoff race. What about you? Who do you, who are you surprised that didn't make a move?
0: Well, I'm really looking at the standings again and just looking at them. um, This is a tough call to be honest, who should have made a trade, but I think really um, I, I will agree to, uh, Nashville should have made a trade. Um, they're they're holding on to like, what? They're they're only back what four four and a half games back of Chicago. So uh, I would even go and say I don't know. Did Chicago make a move?
1: Um, they made a lot of draft draft picks. Draft picks That's about okay. it. They got All they got right. rid think of they players. I
0: a player just because that would probably someone to help take the load off of Patrick Kane because it's getting up there in age like 33 yeah you could still do good but like afterwards it's just a little bit tough I think they should have helped help out Patrick Kane and and even though they're they're battling but with a couple games left they're gonna have to go on a hot streak and hopefully the predators not do anything so I think that division the central division those two teams. Uh, I would ask Chicago in just because I think they should have made a trade in the forward position. Um, their defense is is getting there, and I and that would have helped take the load off, as I mentioned of Patrick Kane. But I think Chicago should have made made a move, um, and I would even say Boston should should have made a move just because like they're getting up there in age. I don't know how they're surviving. Seriously, yeah. The Bruins, I don't know how they're surviving. And I think they should have gone a little bit younger, just a little bit not, oh, let's, let's, let's tank. No, I think they should have gotten some younger players, guys that will help them in the future. And I think this might be the either this year or next season, the last hurrah with the Bruins, with the core that they have. Because I think, like, I'm still not, how are these guys doing it? Like, I think, the, I think there's something in Boston that has the fountain of youth. I don't know. I might have to go and check <laughs> it out. But seriously, like, that, Boston should have made a move, and you're dealing with the fact that you are in the toughest division of all the NHL. So we'll see what happens, but I think Boston is the biggest one for me. They should have made a, a move to get young players that will help them, not just
1: this season, but – Long term, in the future. Yeah, the one, the one plus for the Blackhawks, I think, because they they made a lot of trades for draft picks, and draft picks are nowhere a guarantee of future talent. It, mm-hmm. it, but it's nice to have an arsenal. I often think of going a little bit in the NBA. Look at the Thunder. I think the Thunder in the next three or four drafts has twenty seven draft picks. That's like,
0: correct. Uh
1: huh. That can be a good asset to acquire players because a lot of teams that are rebuilding want draft picks. And I don't know if the Blackhawks are necessarily in that rebuild mode yet because they made the playoffs last season. They're only four points back from the Predators with them playing a couple games. So we'll see. I think it's safe to say in each of the divisions, the four and five teams should have really made a push for better players because – those positions are all really close. The West, you've got the Blues who have 44 points and the Coyotes who have 43 points. The North, it's kind of similar. It's like a four-point deficit mm-hmm. between four and five. It, it. I noticed really the only teams that push for trades were the top-tier teams on each yeah. of the each of the divisions, just because they understand depth is what's going to keep us further in the playoffs. Because you can have a stellar. One and first line, but third and fourth; those lines also need to be yeah. stellar. If you don't have a good in third and fourth line, you're not going to get far. That's that's the problem the Golden Knights have had. They not really they have that solid first and second line, and then the third and fourth line. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, I love Revis. I think Revis is a stellar enforcer, but that's all he is. He's not that great of a hockey player. He's more of an enforcer. And they rely on him a little bit too much. So I think these top teams are understanding you need to make trades to make debt and win games. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I do agree. That's what's the problem. That's I think, too. Like, if you ask me, that's what stood out to me in the trade deadlines, just the top teams making moves. And pretty much if it would have been vice versa, where it's like the middle of the pack teams are making moves. Then it's like, all right, we're going to have ourselves um, a heck of a playoffs. And it would have been like, I don't know who's going to win. But the matter of the fact that you saw the Islanders making moves, the Golden Knights making moves, the uh, Penguins making moves, like I don't know about the Capitals, but at least they they probably would have, they've done something or at least been a, like the top teams just making moves. It just shows, hey, well, we could probably pick from our – Counting our fingers, how many teams have a shot? So I think this this playoffs are gonna be different. Whereas now, if you make a move and you're one of the top teams, you're gonna be mentioned as far as Stanley Cup opportunities. So I think that to me I believe that stood out to me. And and I think it's gonna show come playoff time.
1: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. So obviously i hope the best for each team that's in the playoffs cuz i think it's safe to assume that at least the top two teams in each of the divisions are pretty much a lock in the playoffs with the third probably coming close cuz i think there's only like 10 or between 10 to 14 games left mm-hmm. so we're we're reaching the end and i think yeah. both the avs and the golden knights are going to benefit that cuz they're playing all the lower tier teams in their conference and their division with only playing each other twice. So,
0: yeah, we'll see, but that also might be a concern just because of the competition in their division. Yeah. And that's why, like I will now, I will say um, the, at the Islanders, I do pick them actually to make the Stanley Cofano. I did mention in the hockey preview, someone out of the Eastern division, will be in the Stanley Cup. And I'm, I'm still holding true to that, but I think it's gonna be the Islanders. I know the Capitals have Ovechkin, Alexander Ovechkin, when you have a star like that, you pretty much have a shot to, to get to the, to the cup final and, and win it. But I think just the Islanders adding two forwards without giving up players, and their midfield is, is unbelievable. And defense is unbelievable. Goalkeeping as well. Their their depth is just it's just un, again unbelievable. And I think the Islanders are. They yes, they also made a surprise run last year. I think this one it won't be a surprise, and they will be in the Stanley Cup final.
1: Okay, I can get behind that. Let me ask you one other question. You know every every sport has that Cinderella team come playoff time who do you think is going to be the Cinderella team this year oh just the look- Islanders being that last year uh I think I'm
0: I'm about to go on the limb and I think it's to be honest look I think it's going to be I think it might be the blues it might be the blues I don't know why like I know nobody's not talking about. It. I know they've had some injuries big time, but I think there's some there's something in St. Louis that's going on that we don't know of that I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people and they're gonna bring back their 27, uh, was it 2017 or 2018 when they won the Stanley Cup? 2018, thank you. Where they're gonna bring that back. That's it and when I saw them do that, I was like, holy cow, like
1: wow. So I actually think- it was twenty nineteen. Sorry. Oh, okay. Twenty eighteen was the capitals. Oh, okay,
0: I didn't know. All right. Thank no, no, you're quick. good. Thank you. But
1: go ahead. The Golden Knights made it in twenty eighteen. Oh so. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: good to know. But yeah, I think St. Louis will be that Cinderella that will just creep in and and win these games. But Like I mentioned, um, that's probably the only team I can think of that will do that. But other than that, this trade deadline shows, like, the top teams, they're they're like, we're going to solve our depth issues or whatever hole we have. And pretty much we're going to have the top teams that made the trades compete for the Stanley Cup, which is probably going to be, like, five or six, if I'm correct.
1: Oh, yeah. I I would go out on a limb and agree that the Blues are probably going to be a scary team in the playoffs, a Cinderella team. I think any team that's really not being focused on that's in the playoff race, so most of the three and four teams are going to be a threat just because I've always noticed that when teams aren't talked about, they get that chip on their shoulder, and then that chip leads them to do really well, thinking of the 2013 Seahawks. I know I'm a Seahawks fan, Mm -hmm. but – they, everyone picked the Broncos to destroy them, and they played with that chip on the shoulder and obliterated them. I think any time that you talk bad on a team, they get that chip, and we'll see. I, it might be a surprise. The Abs and Golden Knights might not even make the finals. I, I honestly feel like it's going to be one of those two teams, and then I could see the Islanders or the Capitals, really. But other than that, I think those are the four teams that are really the favorite in my opinion and then everyone else is kind of a middle of pack to nowhere near the Stanley Cup finals. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, we will we will see and it's going to be another great season as we're only a couple games away and and really we're going to find out who who really wants to lift Lord Stanley and just go from there.
1: Yeah. It'll be it'll be Fun to watch. Playoffs are always a different different atmosphere and a yes. lot of fun to watch.
0: Yes, it is. So I don't know if there's anything else uh, you want to add to this trade deadline before we wrap up?
1: No. I think it turned out really good. I'm not as well-gifted in hockey as you guys are. I'm still <laughs> learning, but I, hey, I'm, I'm getting there. The
0: boat. I'm in the same boat. I'm just getting back into the hockey world. Just getting oh, that's back. awesome. And – And really, before we wrap up, what do we have coming up in Noble Sports Podcast?
1: All right. So I'm actually going to record an episode in a little bit after this. Uh, I'm going to be recapping the NFC South. And then next week, I'm going to finally finish recapping each of the divisions, which my favorite division, which has my team, is the West.
0: The NFC West. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. And. I asked this question on a couple podcasts before. I know you'll like this being a Steelers fan. No one answered it. I said, what were the two divisions that had the best divisional records? And obviously the NFC was the West. Do you know who had the best divisional records for the AFC?
0: Yeah, that's the North.
1: Yep. The North had it overall. They had, I think they had two games on the West, and basically I think the AFC North is top line tier for the AFC. And then the same with the West. I I would not be surprised if all four teams from the West make it to the playoffs next yeah. year. And if any of your fans haven't listened to it, I recently interviewed Lois Cook. She is a trailblazer for women's tackle football. It's actually one of, it was a really fun interview. If you guys haven't listened to it, I recommend it. And support your local uh, WFA teams. I know. Our season starts in May, and we're planning on going to the first opener because tickets are free. So <laughs> you oh, can't you cool. can't beat that. I know that's they've got cool. a couple teams in Texas, and it, it's a growing sport. So <laughs> yeah, I I know. Thank you, baby. <laughs> you gave me my uh, my mission journal and said, "Dad, Dad, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you." Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually I, checked your, I appreciate your it. You
0: did. It was amazing. Um, I will check. Uh, what teams are in Texas since I know football is king in Texas. So I'm going to check it out. And if they do have teams, then we're, we're going to be there. We're going to, we're, we're going to be there and watch.
1: I know uh, Colorado has a team. I want to say they're called the mile highs or something along those lines. Hmm. I, I'm still learning because like I said, in that interview, I, I wasn't against women's sports, but I never really supported it very much and now being a girl dad I'm like I really should make the effort to support it and it's actually a lot of fun to do it but uh, hopefully I've got a couple of potential interviews with former NFL players in the woodworks. so when those happen you guys will be the first to perfect no and I'm excited for our our partnership in the media group Uh, for those of you guys who don't follow their uh, Facebook page or Instagram. You should. That's a mistake. But we've decided, I've decided to join the Pineapple22 Media group. And it's been a lot of fun thus far. And I enjoy working with Alan and Braden. You guys really should see our group chat on Facebook. It's a lot of banter back and forth. And I think that it'll be fun what the future holds. I think yeah. the sky's the limit for both of our uh, podcasts. Yeah,
0: sky's the limit. And check them out. Uh, no Bull Sports P- podcast. Uh, his interview with Lois C- Cook, great interview. Check it out. You and check out your local team because it it will show how women's sports does have an impact, in not just domestically but also internationally. So check check them out. And in our next episode, uh, we will. This time, Braden Wilson will be back from his honeymoon, and we'll be previewing the champions league semi-finals and also stay tuned know. because um i wrote another article on stadium uh, gear and apparel about the mvp coming down to two international players check it out and i'll also write another article on the battle of the billionaires so stay tuned on the way for champions league semifinal preview as i will talk about that battle of the billionaires between Paris Saint-Germain, and Manchester City. So any shout-out you awesome. want to give before we oh, oh.
1: we wrap up? I'll give you guys a shout-out. I appreciate your guys' continual support and answering all my silly questions because I'm still new at this. But yeah. I appreciate the support. And obviously, Lois Cook shouted me out, so I got to return the favor.
0: Go if ahead. you guys are
1: on TikTok... <laughs> go to cleats and stilettos. Her TikToks are hilarious. My daughter approves of them. That's how we found her. She sits there religiously and watches her TikToks. <laughs> and they're sweet. It's motivational towards women's sports. And Alan, like you said, it's it's a new day and age. Watching these highlights of women play football, I would not want to be in their way. Who would lay <laughs> me out. So, yeah. <laughs> for anyone who says it's boring, they really need to pay attention and realize that the stereotype needs to end, so my shout is to Lois Cook. Go look at her uh, TikToks, cleats and, stiletto, cleats and stilettos, and she actually edited one of our videos, so really cool. So yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's awesome. all I got.
0: Great shout-out. I also give a great shout-out to Supercuts in Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, my wife and I were there for Brayden's Braden, Wedding. Uh, that's all i got this beautiful haircut right here. Uh, they're the best. Check them out. Uh, great people to uh, talk to. Um, they're very accessible. And really, they're just there to give you the best haircut and a great conversation. So go check them out. Supercuts in Rexburg, Idaho.
1: So. I know. I need one of those. I got <laughs> this go long hair. Have, they
0: do a very good job.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: So, for co host Braden Toro, I am Alan Pena. Till next time, Soren Sports, always am high.
1: Stay classy, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>